Long before I was married, or had a kid, or was a sword swallower, I dated a girl who worked at Hooters. Every Saturday, I would walk up to meet her to walk her home after her shift. I went up a little early this one Saturday because I wanted to pick up a coffee at Starbucks. And this man came jogging up to me. And he was in a suit, he had a tie on, he looked good. And he came jogging up, he was out of breath, and he said, hey man, my car's broken down, I got a flat tire, do you think I could spare a couple of bucks and where was the nearest gas station for a can of fix a flat? I gave that man 10 bucks and I told him where the nearest gas station was. The following Saturday, I walked up to meet my girlfriend after her shift, and that man came jogging up to me again. He was out of breath, he had a tie on, he looked good, and he said, I got a flat tire, do you know where the nearest gas station is, can you point me to it? And I said, that's really crazy, because that same exact thing happened to you last weekend. He didn't say a word, he just turned around and jogged off to the next unsuspecting victim. Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hey, Chris. Hey, Joe. What's going on, man? Not much. <laughs> we had a little bit of a false start at the beginning. Yes, of this. we did. <laughs> we were recording, and uh, it just stopped. So yeah, I don't know. Power surge or something. Who knows? But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back into it. Mm-hmm. All right. So today. Uh, did you want to do our little up tops? Yeah, yeah, the uh, the captain's log. Uh, our, yeah, a log. The, yeah, captain's did, log. Didn't we have a name for it that was really was, good? I thought it was. Uh, it's not a, curioso updates or. It was like a. Was it a log update? A log. A, a, a log lady chronicling from, from Twin Peaks. <laughs> you know, Twin Peaks is coming back. I know. Are you excited? Yes, You're gonna I watch am. it? I, yes, I'm gonna watch it. Man, I I I don't think I ever watched the second season. So what? you want to borrow it? Do you, do you have it? Like I on DVD? It? Yes. Okay. All right. I'll watch it. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think you have to because I'm pretty sure that it's streaming on Netflix. My my lovely lady ha- owns the first season on VHS, for goodness sake. Oh, sense. my. Yeah. And oh now we, we own I'm surprised you don't have seasons. it on Laserdisc. I wish. Dude, that'd be <laughs> rad. I would frame it. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, Joe, are you, are you pretty happy right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, new job. I no longer. Joe's got a new job. I no longer work with you. I fixed up at a museum. Right. Yeah. And you are no longer uh, divvying out knees and hips to people who That's, need knees and hips. I'm no longer working 12 or 14 hours a day. <laughs> oh man, I'm still there. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. So I'm going on call next I know, week I'm gonna too. I'm throw you a rope, man. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So, all right. So also, I wanted to mention this past. Uh, weekend, mm-hmm. I hung out with uh, Mr. Lars Periwinkle. I know, of, I'm so uh, of jealous. Of Hobo Radio. So jealous. And we hung out at the Baltimore Podcast Festival. Yeah, I couldn't so, make it. Yeah, well, there was two days, Friday night and Saturday night. I mm-hmm. couldn't make it to Friday night, but Saturday I was there, and there were, I, I think I caught about three different podcasts. That, mm-hmm. that did. One of them was a sports podcast. Oh, sports ball. Right, and you know I'm not really into the sports ball so much. They just much. talk about like stats and who's on first. All the stats. All yeah. the stats. And um, yeah, just wasn't into that so much. Looked at my phone a lot during that one. Okay. But yep. but uh, I was there hanging out with Lars, having mm-hmm. a couple drinks. We went out later, had a couple drinks and talked about all kinds of stuff. Cool. And uh, had a really good time. Yeah, he's so, a fun guy to hang yeah, out with. Thanks for hanging out with me, Lars. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but 
I guess we'll go into what today's episode is all about. Well, I thought you had some other news. Do I have Didn't other You want to talk about giant swords and crystals? Oh, yeah, that's right. I apologize. We recorded a new episode of Giant Swords and Crystals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana should be on editing that fairly shortly. Cool. Because uh, she is currently working on her very last paper for school. She's going Sweet. to she's going to have a diploma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What is the second diploma? The first one is what? Associates? Uh, oh, I thought it was the eighth grade. Then it's... Uh, High was it high school? No, 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 no she never graduated <laughs> high school. She got the GED. Okay. But um, but no, she got the associates, and now she's going for her bachelor's. So right, right. she will be finishing that as soon as she finishes the paper, which I think she had to turn in today. Okay. <laughs> so as soon as she's done with that, she's going to start editing it, and uh-huh. uh, we're going to put it out. And you were on that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and your lady friend. Uh-huh. We all watched a movie together, and neither one Final of us can actually movie. remember what the movie was about. Oh man. I think you guys were talking too much during it. I think so. We, me and her, just pretty much MS3K'd the entire thing. Yeah, that's okay. So. That's okay. So we're gonna we're gonna be editing that and putting that out shortly. Cool. So and uh, so let's get into today's charities. All right. So today we're talking bad about, charities. Oh, bad charities. Mm-hmm. I thought we were talking about sweet charity. Ba, ba, da. No, <laughs> the Mr. Bungle song. Um, no, no, no. no. We could talk about Mr. Bungle. Yes, you just let's do a Mr. Bungle. You just episode. skip the Bad Charities episode and talk about Mr. Bungle. Yes, time? let's do that. <laughs> Isn't he doing like a new? He probably, he's always doing a new thing. But he's like he's got a new band now or something. I right? wouldn't. Yeah, no, I'm serious. He always has a new band. He started a record label just to have new bands. Just to have no, new bands to yeah. to play with. Yeah. Yeah. How come you aren't in a band with, uh, with, with Mike, Mike Patton? Patton? Yeah. Because I don't live in California. Oh, is that what the yeah. problem is? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Charity. As per usual, let's do some definitions and some etymology. Uh, we're not, not talking bugs. about... bugs. <laughs> 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 Got you. Benevolent goodwill towards or love of humanity, generosity, and helpfulness, especially towards the needy or the suffering, in the forms of volunteering, giving food, time... And most of all, notably, a money to said charity and or cause. That is the definition of charity. Mm -hmm. The etymology can be traced from the Greek agape for love, the Latin charis or caritas for dear or valued. The word charity comes from the mid-12th century, benevolence for the poor. And the old French, charité, which is a Christian term for mercy, compassion, and alms. Alms for the poor. (laughs) Good. Until the 18th century, most, if not all, charity was distributed or disseminated through churches and or parishes, which also in some cases were in charge of helping, educating, and housing the poor and ex-criminals. It it kind of stems from religion, which is funny because... Nowadays, religious organizations get the largest percentage of donations almost annually. 1.40 million nonprofits were registered with the IRS in 2013, an increase of 2.8% from 2003. The nonprofit section contributes about $905 billion to the U.S. economy in 2013 and 2014 alone. By 2014, some $358 billion were given by individuals, foundations, and businesses to charitable foundations. 
2015, charitable contributions reached $373 billion, and it's steadily going up and up and up and up. A lot of people need charity, man. Mm-hmm. Spreading it all around. Nowadays, more and more charities are using the rise of the internet and the machines to start using mobile devices like your iPhones and things, Facebooks, Twitters. And it's said by 2025 that that will rise by 20%, the amount given through mobile devices and internet charities. So it's big business, very big business. Mm -hmm. All right, Joe. So what is a nonprofit? Hmm, I have a basic idea. Okay. Well, a nonprofit has to be registered with the IRS, Mm -hmm. okay? But a nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean that something is a charity. Okay. It just means that basically they are not in it to make money for the company. Okay, so like self-sustaining kind of? Right. So people that work there can make money. So right. you can you can work for a nonprofit mm-hmm. and and make money. That can be your job, but the company itself is not there to make money. So it isn't right. like say for instance McDonald's okay, or it's not, Walmart not, or something like that. Right. So, it's not the bottom line. Exactly. Right. But the people that work there do make money. They you know, they can make money and a, a make paycheck. a decent a paycheck and a right. decent decent living. Right. So a lot of people confuse the two. Mm-hmm. They are completely different. Uh, for instance, some of the Nonprofit organizations that exist out there uh, include the Democratic Party, mm. the Republican Party, mm-hmm. both nonprofits, not for charity. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, there are different kinds of like homeownership associations, things mm-hmm. like that. They are uh, different clubs. Various organizations can be nonprofits and are not charities. So, your like local homeownership club. So, you know, like your homeowners association. Right. That is a nonprofit. Your HOA. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. a nonprofit that works for the betterment of maybe a community, but not the community of people as a whole. Right. Gotcha. Not the greater good. Yeah, exactly. So just two different things. Just wanted to put that out there. Hmm. There is an estimated 1,570,000 tax-exempt organizations, including 1 million... 97,000 public charities, 105,000 private foundations, and something like 368,000 other types of nonprofit organizations, which include, like you said, things like Chamber of Commerce, Fraternal Orders, Civic Leagues, everything from soup kitchens, neighborhood associations, uh, some unions are Mm -hmm. thrown in with those, opera houses, some large universities, churches, and of course, multi-billion dollar companies can all have charity organizations attached to them or associated to them. Right. Uh, so like I was talking earlier about nonprofits, they're like 4-H Club, uh, the uh, Boy Scouts of America. I mean, they don't, they don't necessarily do charity. They do do a lot of work for, for and with the public mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They probably have some charity events, right? Absolutely. Uh, but you know, several other charities: uh, Goodwill, the American Heart Association, the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. the American Cancer Society, um, the American Red Cross, Habitat for Humanity—all very good charities. Right. Uh, but right. today, we're really not going to focus on them because right. uh, they're—they're good charities. Right. We're going to talk they about kind of makes sense. Yeah, we're going to talk <laughs> about some of the crappy ones okay. that are out there. Is there a specific one you want to start with, Joe? 
<laughs> I'm feeling charitable, so you go ahead and start. Okay, I will start. We're going to start with uh, with one that I've been listening to a podcast about recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So there's this podcast called Reveal. Hmm, Have you ever I, listened to it? No, no. Okay. Reveal is very much like Freakonomics. They okay. kind of okay. bring things to light that you might not necessarily know. So okay. uh, they do a lot of really good in-depth reporting and things like that. And uh, they put it out on the radio, but I listen to it via podcast. Of course. So yeah. it's a great one. Mm. And uh, I suggest you go and listen to it if you want to know things okay. uh, uh, about things you might not necessarily know about typically pertaining to like yeah, like political things. Okay. Right? So like the, the inner workings yeah. of the government. Yeah. Exactly. Now, one of the things that I really like uh, and have listened to recently is the one about Planet Aid. Do you know? Is that a drink? No, Uh, I'm thinking of Kool-Aid. Yeah. There's also Gatorade. It is neither of those. Neither of those? This is Planet Aid. So, Is it made of the planet? uh, Parts of it are, I would assume. (laughs) I mean, so, okay. So Planet Aid, if you've ever been to the grocery store, which Mm. I'm assuming most people have, at the very back of the grocery store parking lot, you'll see Uh these big yellow boxes. Yes. Okay? And they are charitable donation bins bins. of of sorts. Right. That you you basically, you pull the little lever down, you drop clothes in there. Yeah, it's like a giant mailbox. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, the the ones that are yellow are typically the Planet Aid ones. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. all strewn around the country. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a nonprofit that takes that takes those charitable items items that mm-hmm. people have delivered, and then they take them to thrift stores mm-hmm. and they wind up selling the clothes. Oh, okay. Right? Very much like Goodwill or Salvation Army does. Right. Well, with Goodwill, you can at least write that off as for your taxes. Right. And, and yeah, it's not you like know. you're just d- dumping it in. You, when you drop yeah, something not, off at Goodwill. You're not giving something away for free and then something turning around and selling it right. for profit. Well, the, the point is, though, is that uh, the, the Planet Aid is actually attached to a few groups that are a little bit nefarious. Oh, nefarious. Yeah. And w- the one of those groups that it's attached to is called the Teachers Group. The Teachers Group? That right. doesn't sound nefarious. That it, sounds like it, a bunch of teachers. It doesn't, does it? It group. doesn't sound nefarious at all. No, it's but like it, a coven it, of witches. Yeah. <laughs> sounds okay. pleasant. So the, the Teachers Group is a global network uh, which has offshore companies and... Of international teacher spies. It is. <laughs> so the Teachers Group... They run a government-funded alternative school system. But in 2001, Danish authorities, this is, the teachers group is ba- based in... Daneland? Daneland. <laughs> Denmark. 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 There Sorry. You Woo! <laughs> You're good. That one's flying out of my brain there, I know, Joe. I, I was know. like, I know... It's like cheese? <laughs> Raspberry. There's something rotten there. Chocolate Danish. There is something rotten in Denmark. Oh, uh, no. And it is the teachers group. Oh, man, that's sad. So, so in 2001, Danish authorities raided its offices and charged a man uh, by the name of Peterson. Just Peterson? Just Peterson. No, I'm trying to figure out his first name. My name is Peterson. Just Peterson. So it's run by a guy named Mogens Amidi Peterson. Uh, wait, he's a Meaty Peterson? He's a Meaty Peterson. Oh, he's got a... He's a Meaty Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds... Dirty. So he runs this. He runs this group. Uh-huh. Uh, it was so it was raided in 2001 by Danish authorities, and they charged Peterson with fraud. Okay. Uh, he was found not guilty in 2006, 
and some of his associates immediately left the country, but prosecutors appealed, and the group are now wanted by Interpol. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So they are, they are international, they are like international spies. They're Well, thieves. Th- yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> so they have a massive luxury compound worth an estimated $26 million on the Pacific coast of Mexico. Wow. So we basically know Peterson is hanging out in Mexico. Oh, that jerk. He basically owned this this teacher's group thing. Uh, what they did and what Planet Aid does is mm. they, they go to places like Zimbabwe. There's a few other places that I think are in South America. Okay. And what they do is they set up these farmers coalitions, okay, okay. like a farmers group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they go there and they're supposed to be giving them plants and, you know, cows and sheep and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. pigs and things like that to help them out. Right. Uh, they also help them dig wells. Okay. So that the people have water. Mm. But it turns out that they're going there and they're actually charging them for these things. Oh, no. When they're supposed to be making money off of the the clothes. Right. But basically what they're doing is they're double dipping. Uh, So they're taking the money from the clothes, uh, but then they're also getting money. They're getting subsidies from different governments. For supposedly helping the community. Right. Quote, unquote. Yeah, and basically that is what is happening right now with Planet Aid. Wow. So they are getting subsidies from from the government. Uh-huh. They're, all, they're So they're getting grants from that. They're also getting the money from the close, and they're taking and pocketing that money, and they're not really giving it anywhere. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah, well, so, they are to their multi-million-dollar compounds and exactly. their CEOs and— and so, so forth. Here's an article about a, a a gentleman who wound up working in Zimbabwe for one of these groups, and he okay. was they wanted to send him to America to help with the clothing thrift store. Mm-hmm. He became part of the group, but the teachers group. But what happened was, is they have this. I, I don't know. It's kind of the organization is very cult like. Okay. One of the pressures that they put on there is something called. It's a teachers group philosophy called the common economy. And this is a fund which all the members are expected to contribute. This one gentleman named Goteka, uh, he says that he ended up paying 50% of his salary to this common economy, uh, mm. of which he would have sent the other half, you know, the 50% that he he didn't use, he would have sent it back to his family in Zimbabwe. Of course. But he didn't because he was being pressured to give all of it. Give 50% of it to this kind of economy, uh-huh. and then the, the other 50% he could actually live on. Right, So this right. is happening worldwide with all these different charitable organizations. Yeah, I mean, the same things happen with Jamestown, many, many other cults. As soon as they get members, they're like, oh, you need to help pay for the, the commune and the food and the things, and then it's give us all of your money, give us all of your worldly possessions, and it's for the greater good of the community, our of community. Our community that we're in, right, the teacher's right. group or Planet Aid, and gotcha. it's, it's, it is, it's just very brainwashy and hmm. cult-like. Okay. So one of the other... One of the other philosophies they have is something called common time, and this is personal time teachers group members are required to give up for the benefit or of the organization. So they are made to help maintain the buildings. Okay. So they have to go in and help maintain the – so basically they're doing like janitorial work uh-huh. and stuff like that for free just because <laughs> – the philosophy is you have to give common time, you have uh-huh. to give condom, common economy, so you're giving up 50% of what you earn back to the back to the company. And probably 50% of your free time as yeah. well. Well, yeah, maybe even more. Wow. So the U.S. government had allocated at least 
$133 million for a charity linked to an alleged cult. Hmm. So they gave $133 million to this charity. Okay. Despite warnings that the group was run by an international fugitive on Interpol's global most wanted list. Wow. The, the American government gave $133 million that's linked to Planet Aid. Wow. It, yeah. But I guess if you if you present a good face and some good paperwork, you can fool pretty much anybody. Right. Really? I guess that's what they're doing. Okay. So what they're doing uh, in, say, uh, Malawi, mm-hmm. what they're doing is when they have these farmers groups, they're taking re- – they're, they're shipping in good plants, okay? Okay. And they're taking them around the farms and they're putting them at the edges of the farms. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a an outline – that looks like good plants uh-huh. on the farm. But once you go inside, you know, and you actually see the emperor's clothes, <laughs> there's nothing on the inside. So, I mean, right. they're literally – so, and this is for, like, visits. When people go and they visit and they check it out. Right. They find out that this is actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they go and they check out the water pumps and stuff like that. And they come to find out that they're actually broken down and they're being fixed with things like uh, old trash bags tying them together because pieces just- are breaking. Or it's probably just a facade and it's a water pump just sitting on the dirt. I mean, that's literally what, like, kind of the, the stuff that's happening. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, there is $1.8 in funds that were meant for USDA projects that had been paid to organizations called the Humana, Humana Federation, an umbrella organization that is a part of Planet Aid. So, hmm. like, there's just all this money that's going towards it and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nobody really is, is knowing what, what's happening with it, what, right. you know, what's going on. And it's, I mean, it's getting either pocketed or, yeah, you know what probably. I mean? It's, it, it's absolutely crazy. All right, Joe, so I wanted to tell you a little bit, a, a little story after hearing all this terrible stuff about Planet Aid, mm-hmm. okay? I don't I, ever want to help the planet now. Yeah. I mean, well... <laughs> I do, but not not those guys. You don't want to aid that planet. Right. right. Exactly. There you go. So I pulled up to one of these little drop-off bins outside, mm-hmm. and I saw a little cool Razor scooter. Sure. And my kid's Razor scooter had just broken. Uh-huh. And I was like, I really don't want to fix this thing. And there was another cool Razor scooter just sitting there outside. <laughs> right. I snagged that sucker up. Okay. And uh, I, let me tell you, after Chris. hearing... Swipe or no swiping? Well, after hearing about all this terrible stuff that Planet Aid does, technically, uh-huh. it was not in the box. It was oh, outside of the box. Okay. So as far as I'm concerned, I didn't even know that someone was technically going to try and put it in the box. So I took that sucker, and the charity is my kid, and he is loving that thing. Well, he, little Tommy across the street or little Sammy in your car. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. So sure. and uh, after hearing what they're doing to uh, all these farmers, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm cool with it, man. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Hinken. I'm Laura Wexler, and we're the hosts of the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. We are a podcast in which you can hear true personal stories that are sad, happy, funny, itchy. There's no itchy stories. Why did you say sad twice? Because we gravitate towards sadness. That's not true. It's very fun. You can download us on stoopstorytelling.com or iTunes, and you can also find us at the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. All right, Joe. Yes, so, Chris. I'm going to talk about something that I don't normally talk about. Oh, uh, I'm afraid now. Sports ball. Oh, man. Okay. So, the Super Bowl. Have you ever watched the Super Bowl? No. I've. I ne- wait, wait. I watched like two seconds of it, but in passing. 
I was walking by. I was like, what is sports ball game? And they're like, that's oh, a Super Bowl. And I'm like, oh, that's super. Well, I, I worked for a printing press company. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time we went and before we started the presses to print the the Penny Saver, which is where I worked for. Okay. We uh, actually all sat around for like an hour and a half or whatever and watched the end of the, of the game. Okay. So I have been, and I believe the Ravens won that year. So hmm. yeah, that was like, I actually saw that happen. Okay. Not that cool. I... I doesn't matter to me. I was like, yeah, sure, yeah. go Baltimore. But yeah. but anyway, that was a, a, quite a long time ago. However, mm-hmm. what they do with the like the Super Bowl t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that mm-hmm. is they print the Super Bowl champions on there, but they also print the losers and nobody knows until the end of the game. Oh, so they're hedging their bets. Yeah, so they have millions and millions of shirts that they can sell for people leaving the stadium. Right, right. And just be able to sell them as a souvenir, uh-huh. hoodies, sweatshirts, all different kinds of stuff with the, with the you know, so they just bust open the package of the winner and they sell that. Well, then they have all these perfectly printed shirts that have the loser on there that says that they're, they're at the winner. Oh, gotcha. So, but it's still a perfectly good garment. It is. It is a perfectly good t-shirt and mm. or, you know, hoodie or sweatshirt. Blazer or whatever. Yeah, blazer. I don't know. I don't know what people wear nowadays. I don't think they print the Super Bowl champions on blazers. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know, so. I always see Racer X standing in the background of of football games. <laughs> okay. There's some guy with. He looks like Racer X from the old Speed Racer Fri- show. Really? He's got a big old red cross or big red X on his shirt, and I'm like, why is Racer X in in the I crowd? Do not know what that means. Every time. Okay. So. All right, so basically what they do is they ship these T-shirts off to places in South America mm-hmm. and into Africa, places who have, you know, a... Very small economies, yes. very, very rough economies. Exactly. So they ship these shirts off. For cheap, and right? For, for Well, yeah, it usually takes uh, a couple of cents per shirt to ship them all off. But they mm-hmm. So they ship them all off to places like Haiti, where the earthquake happened in 2000. Right. You know, we assume that people are going to be wearing all of these shirts and everything's going to be good, right? Because now they have T-shirts to wear. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's the thing is they they don't really need your stinking T-shirts. What? So Why are we sending them shirts? They don't need them. Well, (laughs) so here's the thing is that basically what it does when we send these things out Uh is it basically kills their textiles. So, like, their Their, textile economy, people that make shirts in places like Zimbabwe. So their local economy shirt makers are getting hurt by these cheap imports. Yeah, because we import it in, and basically everyone wears them. They get them for free, but then they can't – they just don't pay to – Buy the the, the shirts the of the local shirt, shirt maker. Gotcha. So they it just completely kills their their uh, economy. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's happening you know all over the place. And we do this every single year. So the charity is damaging the local economy. Yeah, it, it, I mean, is that you, on, is that by accident? I mean, can someone say, hey, why not? Don't do that. Well, when we send them like a hundred thousand T-shirts, uh-huh. you know, you, you think it's going to do good because people are going to have it. But right. if your local shirt maker can't sell anything, then yeah, yeah, then yeah, it absolutely damages it. But who wants to wear a loser shirt for some sport ball thing? That's people that not don't local. care. That's oh. that's the whole point. They don't really care. There's all kinds of photos like of. Uh, 
these little girls in Nicaragua mm-hmm. wearing like the the wrong Super Bowl champions uh, right. and like the hats and everything else. They're all just walking around with it. Like the Wisconsin chimpanzees won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And but they really didn't. You right. Know? Exactly. So they call this Joe. They call it gifts in kind. Or okay. Gick. Gick. Yeah. Uh, G-I-K. Mm-hmm. So it undermines the local clothing markets, creates a dependence, and deprives the poor of any kind of work or hmm. the work that the dignity provides. Right, right. So we, it's basically unnecessary aid. Okay. So there there aren't any places in the world where T-shirts are not available and fairly cheap in the local economy. Mm-hmm. And affordable to local consumers. Right. So here's the here's the, like the kicker. The NFL and World Vision, who is the company that ships these shirts over there, mm-hmm. the, the nonprofit that ships them over, and they claim the benefits, as in they take and they get the tax break for um, doing this. Of, for doing it, yes. Yeah. So they get the tax break for sending this all over. Uh-huh. So they it, it affects their bottom line. Right. And it makes them look good in the public uh, relations arena. Uh-huh. Uh, and they don't owe anyone an explanation whether the T-shirts can actually do any good is the oh, problem. Oh, I see. So there's all kinds of other stuff that we send over, too. Now, there's a hashtag for this called Sweeto or Stuff We Don't Want. Okay. It's there to track. It's a Twitter hashtag. It's there uh-huh. to, tr- to track uh, developed world offloading. So okay. all the offloading that we and other countries send. There are handmade puppets for orphans, yoga mats for Haiti, uh, dresses made out of pillowcases for African children. And I mean, this is just happening worldwide. We're sending all this stuff over there. They don't need it, and it kills their completely kills their economy. So, who, I mean, can't the communities or, I don't know, mayors or, or heads of state for those those countries say, hey, this, is, this isn't needed. Can we put a kibosh on this or... or I don't know, put some fines or something or, or taxes on them for doing this. I don't think it's going to work because when we send it over, mm-hmm. because they are getting tax breaks for sending it, ah. even though they don't necessarily want it, we just ship it anyway <laughs> and distribute it in their country. Okay, so this is like getting the flyer on your door that you do not want right, or need. Exactly. It's, it's like on Facebook uh, being sent all kinds of event requests for mm-hmm. bands that you don't care about. Gotcha. You're like, I don't listen to your shitty band. Right, you know? so stop. But they keep coming. Right, so I have a, I have actually a, a kind of funny one from 2001. Mm-hmm. So at four in the morning on October 13th, thousands of ready-made meals packed in yellow plastic wrappers were sprinkled all over a flat, parched land close to Koja Bohadin in northeastern Afghanistan. What happened was... Airdropped? They were airdropped all over the place. And here's like a a little picture of it, of a guy in a turban picking up some of these yellow... Oh, they look like uh, MREs. Yellow MREs. Yeah. But these MREs were completely filled with things like peanut butter and... Not MREs. MREs. M-R-E. That's what I said, MREs. Oh, Jesus. Okay, keep going. All right, so television crews showed up shortly afterwards to check out what was going on. Uh-huh. And uh, the, basically what was happening was the, the the indigenous people were opening up these packets and taking what they wanted. And there were all kinds of things that they just tossed out oh, all no. over the all over the land, oh, plus the yellow packages. Oh, so, so they just left a big old trash pile? Yeah, like so a day after a festival? That, that's exactly what it looked like. Oh. It, it, you know, so 
they were they were picking up these meals, but then they were they were loading like their donkey saddlebags up with <laughs> with stuff that they wanted. Mm-hmm. But they were taking like packs of toaster pastries and herb rice and packets of strawberry jam and just threw that all over the place because they didn't want any of that. So <laughs> so you have this like arid, dry land that's completely uh, riddled with pop tarts, riddled and jelly. with pop tarts and jelly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Across uh, Afghanistan. That's, so I mean, it's hilarious, but it's disturbing at the same time. Yeah, well, we're the one that's just we just littered all over Afghanistan with well, it. Well, here's in 2001. the thing: is that it, it, that costs taxpayers money to to get that stuff packaged, loaded mm-hmm. onto the planes. We pay for the fuel. We pay for all that stuff, and that goes into whatever company decides to do that ridiculous stunt. Right. So in this article, I thought it was kind of funny because there was all this peanut butter that was scattered all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. that people didn't want. And there was one guy uh, in a Koja Buhudin who uh, – one man, he, and he was there with his son. He was gathering the packs of peanut butter, and they were stowing it in their donkey saddlebags. Uh-huh. And uh, asked why, the man smiled and said, uh, I like it. When would they sell more? Where would they send more? Okay. So he was, he was, he's like the only dude who, in like Afghanistan who likes peanut butter. Sweet. He's keeping it. <laughs> it's like if they dropped that in like Thailand, they'd use that. Right. All the Thai food has peanuts and, and peanut butter and that yeah, kind of I, stuff. Yeah, oh, man, I, I, I like me some Thai food. Me too. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, we're just, we're just scattering our, our refuse all it, over the world. Is and, it refuse or is it just like extra stuff that we can just claim as tax deduction. That's exactly what it is. That, We're just spreading our crap all over the world and nobody to write really, it off. To nobody write it off really for wants our taxes. It. Yeah. Nobody really wants well, this. Well, not our taxes, the giant corporation that decided to do that's taxes. That's associated with a charity that goes and sends this. Gotcha. So, yeah, I would say that this is bad charity, Joe. I would This is chari- yeah. this is stuff we don't want. Gotcha. We're sending crap to people that they don't want. Wow. And then they're littered with it. They're but, I mean, inundated with it. It seems like it. some of them are using it. Yes, right? some of them are using it, but it you know, then so they use they but use the t shirts or whatever. But and then wouldn't they think about the local indigenous flavors or designs or taste and try to cater to Joe, that? we're America. Why would oh, we give a shit about that? Why would we care about anyone else's I'm flavors sorry, or tastes? I forgot. It's all America. <laughs> you know? American as spaghetti. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. It, yeah. You know? It's as American as pizza. <laughs> it's, an Ameri- it's American as egg rolls. It, we, yeah. So we're just going to send Pop-Tarts to Afghanistan, and you got to fucking deal with it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right, Joe. Uh, this, com- this is going to come to my last little story that I wanted to talk about. All right. So this happened in 1986. Oh, good so, year. Okay, I uh, was born in 78, so I would have been, what, eight years old when this happened? Sure. So it was a spectacle that became a debauchel. A debauchel? Yeah. What? So uh, there's all kinds of videos of this. So uh, you can just look up Balloon Fest 1986. Balloon Fest? Balloon Fest. Okay, that... I don't know. I don't really like where this is going, but okay. Okay. So the charity is the United Way. Okay. Okay. They decided to have this large festival Mm -hmm. where they got all kinds of volunteers to Mm -hmm. come and blow up these balloons. Okay. So not like hot air balloons. You're talking like... I'm talking about party balloons. Okay. Right. They got tons of... uh, uh, What is it? Helium. Mm -hmm. Jeez, I could not remember. I was going to say hydrogen. That would have been even worse. No, that would be the Hindenburg. Yeah. So they got tons of helium, and they basically set up this whole rig where people could sit next to these helium makers Mm -hmm. and put them in balloons, Uh and then they would let them go 
inside of this gigantic net that was set over, I believe, like a block and a half of the city. Oh, wow. And a giant canopy. Yeah, a hu- this huge canopy and had all these other balloons, like had much larger balloons that were also attached to it mm. so that it would lift the net. Oh, gotcha. So okay. that, you know, once the balloons released, the net would kind of be pulled up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so the balloons would just get going. They actually wound up filling 1.3 million balloons. Wow. And why why balloons? What was the, the point? Well, they just wanted to do something that was eye-catching. Okay. You know? Uh, is this akin to, like, a year or so ago when everybody was doing the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. Sort yeah. of eye-catching and, and, and invigorating. Yeah, something that, that would, like, kind of catch fire, right? Raise awareness, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember when I was a kid... We, I believe when I was in elementary school, we did a balloon release mm-hmm. where we like attached tags to the balloons to see how far they would go yeah, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I remember even doing this as a kid, probably around the same time. Yeah, probably, yeah. This happened uh, September 27th, 1986. Close to 1.5 million balloons uh, were blown up. I believe it wound up being like 1.3 uh, before sure, the end. yeah. So anyway, it's a hell of a lot of balloons, and it mm-hmm. basically created this huge balloon mountain. <laughs> it actually set a world record for the amount of balloons blown up in one area. Wow. So, however, the United Way figured out that uh, the the law of gravity, which is what goes up, must come down. Of course. So they weren't thinking about this apparently at the time. They thought they were going to go far and wide, but it's going to go to space. Yeah, they were just all going to float around and go. All over the place and all over the ocean so local sea life could just eat those balloons. Choke and, and die. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> don't you love the 80s, man? I we know. just, you know, this is why Captain Planet came about in the 90s, I'm, right. I'm assuming. Right. But the problem is, is that uh, most of the balloons, because of a rainstorm that came in, they actually wound up setting, they were going to do it a little bit later on in the day. They mm. actually set the balloons off two hours earlier than they thought they were going to because a rainstorm was coming in. Oh, gotcha. So the rainstorm did come in, mm-hmm. and it wound up pushing all the balloons back down okay, instead of yeah. like but, being spread far and wide. Right. Well, the air pressure, yeah, the different, different change inside the balloons versus outside. Right. And, and yeah. they just didn't go as far as they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of, the, most of the balloons came down over the Burke Lake, Lakefront Airport. Oh no! And they shut they shut a whole runway down there for a, a few hours. Yeah, that's akin to a bird strike, right? And if you don't know what a bird strike is, that's when a plane is going off and a flock of birds likes to flap up into the plane's path mm-hmm. and tends to fly into the engines, the front of the airplane, killing some birds, but also possibly damaging the airplane and maybe even causing a crash. Right. So they also came down in a pasture in Medina County, spooking a horse uh, whose owner would later sue the charity. Oh, wow. They came down on Lake Erity, Erity, Erie, Lake Erie, blanketing the water uh, just as the Coast Guard helicopter arrived, and they were there to search for two missing boaters. There were two boaters that had fallen off their boat. Okay. This is unrelated. Yeah, they... So this is completely, un- well, I wouldn't say unrelated. It's related now that they've released all these balloons. Right. So there was two boaters that wound up falling off their boat, and they were missing. Mm-hmm. Coast the Guard goes out. Coast Guard goes we're out. They the were job. deployed. 
uh, in a helicopter to search for these two missing boaters. But the problem was because you had all these balloons all over Lake Erie. Oh, uh, they thought they were bobbing heads. Bobbing balloons look very much like bobbing heads from oh, a helicopter geez. way up. So they never found these two boaters, and uh, the two boaters both drowned. Oh, and no. The wife of one of the boaters also sued the company that released the balloons as yeah. well as as uh, the charity. Oh, wow. Yeah, they uh, eventually, yeah, came up and they were found drowned. So This uh, balloon's not taking CPR very well, guys. Yeah, really, yeah. So they came down weeks later on the shores of the lake. Uh, the northern shores where Ontario residents found the beaches littered with thousands of deflated balloons. Oh, man. That must yeah. have been heck for the wildlife there. Yeah, so uh, Balloon Fest in 1986, it was a f- the fundraiser for United Way and a chance to put Cleveland on the map. Bursting <laughs> a record for simultaneous release of balloons set the previous year by Anaheim, California. It was also, uh, that, that was on the 30th anniversary of Disneyland. So they wanted to mm-hmm. release more balloons than the 30th anniversary of Disneyland. Gotcha. And they, you know, to, to, to be like, yay, Cleveland. Sure. Well, it's on the map now. Yeah, right. As <laughs> like a disaster. Right. Yeah. Why balloons? I still can't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> like, why couldn't you just like, I don't know, light off a bunch of fireworks or something? Why balloons? Silly 80s. So the event, it was... Uh, was organized for $3.2 million. That's how much it cost them to release all these balloons. To put the event on. To ju- yeah, to put the event on. Does it say how much they profited for this nonprofit event, for this charity event? So I believe they made $1.3 million, mm. but it cost them $500,000 to put the event on. Okay, well, that's still a profit. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, a little less than half? Well, it wasn't really much of a profit when everyone wound up suing them. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they would lose the rest of that. Yeah, they lost a lot of money uh, because of the... the, Poor planning. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was pretty pretty awful. Yeah, wow. But uh, there are pictures and video of the Mm -hmm. event from helicopters and stuff like that where you see the balloons released over Cleveland. And it it looks like, uh, to me, it looks kind of like, I don't know, like... You ever seen, like, dye being released into the water? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Mm-hmm. That These balloons just, like, millions of balloons just in different colors going all over right, the place. Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, all in all, not a great idea just to release balloons into the wild. Yes. Agreed. Uh, especially 1.4, 1.5 million of them. Agreed. Yeah. Let me add this little PSA. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, reported by NGOs in 2016 and... An NGO is a non-governmental organization, not-for-profit, and are independent from state and international governmental organizations. But they reported that they are all starting to embrace this whole internet technology thing. 92% had a non-profit website. 95% have a Facebook page. 83% have a Twitter profile. 40% are on Instagram. 75% accept online donations. And I have this little graph that kind of shows me the change from just from 2013 to 2015, 2016, where the changeover from your standard charity drives, phone calls, TV spots, or local things have mm-hmm. changed over to this more internet savvy mobile device and social networking platform. Right. Where people giving to things like education used to be like 14% overall. Now, it's about 3%. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
environmental was 22% mm-hmm. in 2013. Now, with the internet age, it's about 19%. It's drastic in some cases. In other cases, like things like human rights, before it was 11%. Now, it's more than 25%. Oh, so some things have gone up. Yeah, some things are better, some things are a bit worse. Hunger and poverty, 3% mm-hmm. in 2013. Now, it's about 20%. So that's marked difference. Oh, yeah. Going up a lot. My point is, if you want to give to a charity, do some research. There's sites like nccs.urban.org that you can get a bunch of stats and geography reports and info about a lot of where your money is going, how it's getting there. There's good articles on ironpaper.com about the same things. And, of course, things like charitywatch.org which people will report bad charities or incidences, just like Better Business Bureau and things like that. Mm-hmm. Angie's List. You know, it's, it's the same thing. It's like bad service, bad charity. Someone's going to report them. Right. Especially nowadays with social media being what it is, everybody's kind of in everybody else's business. So, Joe, I have a website here called uh, it's tampabay.com. Mm-hmm. It's a Tampa Bay newspaper that uh, actually put out the 100 worst charities in the country. Okay. So the top one being the Kids Wish Network, which sounds like what's like the one? Like Make a Wish. Yeah, it sounds like Make a Wish, right? So they're sure. they're basically a another foundation that seems like they would do the exact same thing. Like but, a, a sick kid who's like, I just want to see Batman and shake his hand. Right. So know. so here's the problem: is that they raise 137.9 million dollars, mm-hmm. paid to solicitors. Okay, people that they get their ads out, stuff like that, mm-hmm. 115 million, which only leaves 2.5 percent of direct cash aid. Yeah. To, so two percent of 2.5 percent of what they make, mm-hmm. they give out, and I believe it's something like I, I found like another thing that was only that said it was only like th- like three cents on the dollar for every dollar that they make. Right. They're actually using for the charity. Everything right. else is going in someone else's pocket. Right. And that, I mean that's I think I'm typically very skeptical about mm-hmm. those things because right. I, I would like my whole dollar to go to the charity that I'm giving. Well, you know, I mean, some of it is going to have to be administrative fees. I understand okay. that. Someone's well, I'm gotta saying be the there. 75% should go to them and the 25% go to the administrative fees. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like there should be that, <laughs> that dynamic where most of it is going to research or uh, helping people or something, not to some guy's pocket. Yeah. So I think to end this episode, we should talk about something upcoming. Mm -hmm. June 17th, 2017, in Baltimore, for the National Brain Tumor Society, they're doing a charity event at McFadden's Art Glass Gallery. Basically, it's a glass blowing. It's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love going to the like the Renaissance Festival and they have like the glass blowing mm-hmm. guys there. That's the first time I've ever seen it live. So, so but this is a whole glass blowing facility that they have. Yes, yes. So they're they're hosting this event and like I said, it's for the National Brain Tumor Society. Let me read off some of their stats. Brain tumors strike men, women, children of any and all races and at any age. Mm-hmm. Brain and central nervous system tumors are the leading cause of cancer, death in children and adolescents under the age of 20 in the United States. And there is no standard of care treatment for pediatric high-grade gliomas, which is a group of deadly brain tumors that affect children. Nearly 700,000 Americans are living with 
primary brain tumors, and approximately 79,000 more will be diagnosed in 2017. So that's a lot. Right. So, Joe, this is a this is a charity that is kind of near and dear to your heart. And I know you don't talk about your personal life a whole lot, but do you want to share what this charity is about? I have a close friend who I've known for a very, very long time. That we both grew up with. Right. Her name is Debbie. She lives in Maryland. Uh, She was diagnosed with glioma at the age of 31, and she's had three brain surgeries so far as of this month, Mm -hmm. 2017. So even with three surgeries, she still has microscopic cancer cells remaining intertwined within the healthy brain tissue, as well as other flare tumors that remain on the left frontal lobe and spine. So she is part of the community within the National Brain Tumor Society. And things like this event help people like her. They help them get diagnosed? Well, they help for research and Mm -hmm. better treatments. I mean, it's the brain. Right. It is one of the most prized organs in our body. If we do not have our brain, we are not who we are. Yeah, exactly. You can live without a finger. You can live perfectly fine without a leg. You can't live without a brain. I know some people who seem like they live without brains. (laughs) But what I'm saying is it it is a good, trusted charity. Right. And this event that's coming up is when again? Let's just make sure we get that out there. June 17th, 2017, at about 6 o'clock, and it's at 6800 Eastern Avenue, Baltimore, Maryland, 21224 McFadden's Art Glass Gallery. And basically, they're giving a percentage of everything that you make. So basically, they have a list, right? Mm-hmm. They have a list of things that you can make quickly with glass blowing. You can take classes at this place. So you could go check out, see glass blowing. Right. You're probably going to see some demonstrations. Right. And you can just donate. You and, can just go yeah. and hang out and donate, and, and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Or you can purchase, basically, it's like a, black, a glass blowing kit mm-hmm. uh, out of a list of stuff that you can make. Things like a ring holder, a paperweight, necklace pendants, apple, a pear, like, you know, glass things. It seems like a pretty cool... It's, it's neat. Uh, yeah. But then a percentage of that sale goes into the fundraising charity as well. Right. So you walk out with a cool thing that you made mm-hmm. out of glass, but then you've also given to a cool charity. That, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm definitely going to take Sam into this event, yep. and we're going we're gonna to make there. something. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, so. Cool. Well, we hope that uh, you all show up for that, and thank you so much for hanging out and listening to uh, Bad Charities. Sweet charity. <laughs> ba, ba, da, ba. I still want to do a Mr. Bungle episode. Uh, well, uh, we can do that at some point. We've done other music episodes. I know. We can do it. All right. Yeah. Does it have to be Mr. Bungle? No. Should it just be all about Mike Patton? Should be Mike Patton. Do we yeah, just have to wait until he dies to do it? No, <laughs> he's never gonna die. Because we can't, we we always do it when somebody dies posthumously. We were like, let's do this episode. Oh, they're dead. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, uh, until next time. Thank you, friends. I'm, I'm signing off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I need a good sign off. You don't. You never have one. I don't. I yeah. don't. I don't. Sort of like. All right. See ya. I'm out. That's it. I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can call our voicemail line. Leave us a message, 443-327-9673. On your touchtone phone, that spells hide a sword. 
on the Curioso.com website. On the left-hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. I was trying not to do that. I know. Official return from 2013. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Boop. Now, bitches. <laughs>